0: This is Reagan Talley. I'm former stand-up comedian, present actress, and you're listening to the Atomic Podcast.
1: Intellectual stimulation by way of mobile devices. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast. And here is your host of the show, Efren Guzman. I'm here with Miss Reagan Talley. Reagan, how are you?
0: Hey, Efrain, I'm good.
1: How are you doing? I'm doing really good. Um, very nice day in the Midwest. Um, sunny. Um, weather's beautiful. Um, just the bugs, as always. Always complain about the bugs in the Midwest because there's I've seen more bugs here than I've ever seen in my whole life, especially more in New York. Um, how about yourself?
0: Yeah, well, I am actually. I'm in Salt Lake City, Utah, right now. Um, it's beautiful out here. I mean, so many trees, so much nature um not not as many bugs <laughs> so i'm definitely thankful for that like i can't i love the outdoors and i love being in nature but like i cannot deal with insects
1: yeah i know can't i do it yeah i think that's my v- biggest vice because you know people automatically assume you're a guy you're a man oh bugs are nothing bugs are this uh, you can you can swat them off or whatnot but I'm, I'm really allergic, so, like, when I get stung by a mosquito or anything, like, it gets, like, big welts, big red welts, and it's just so annoying, Yeah, you know? that's, that's,
0: the same thing happens to me, like, oh, mosquitoes are the worst. They were really, I don't know, I, they must really like my blood or something. <laughs> if I'm in a place where there are mosquitoes, like, I get, I get bit
1: all over, <laughs> even if
0: I'm covered up. The next day, you're just, like, looking at your body like, what the hell?
1: I know you know. With me though, it's random because I get like the most random mosquito bites. I get them like in you know I don't have a bald head or nothing like that because I usually wear a lot of baseball caps. But I, I'll get them like right on the top of my head or in the side of my head, and it's just annoying because like I can't even go in. For, I can't. Yeah, I know that's the thing, and I can't even go in for a haircut because if I go in for a haircut, it's big and bumpy. I'm like, oh, well, I gotta wait for the for the uh, mosquito bite to go down to actually go get a haircut, which kind of sucks, you know. But I don't know. I don't know if I'm super intelligent that they go right for my head but that's like the spot that's the most unusual spot to get you know so it's just i don't annoying. know
0: yeah that's an unusual spot to get bit maybe it's they just like they want those brains i guess
1: yeah or or lack of i guess you know i think i have a lot of juice in there i'm not really sure <laughs> like, wow, there's so much blood in this guy's head <laughs> i know it's just so random you know um super random yeah
0: but i've been grateful I, I feel like i need to like knock on wood right now because i'm outside and i'm like there haven't been that many bugs you know so I'm like, I wonder if they're gonna come attack me now. Yeah. Because I'm like, you know what? It's so nice, there's no bugs here.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> Watch
0: like the next thing and you see like the just the biggest mosquito come out of nowhere.
1: <laughs> so where are you originally from?
0: Originally I'm from Victorville, California.
1: Victorville, California. It's how is that a big mm. pop, is that a big population area? Is it like population ten thousand no, or no? <laughs> it's um
0: well, you know, it's a lot bigger now. Um, you know, it's been, um, it's been growing steadily ever since I was a kid. But what it is, is it's a little desert town in the middle of the Mojave Desert. Wow. Um, it's called the High Desert, and there's these, this group of three cities. There's Apple Valley, Hesperia, and Victorville. Mm-hmm. Um, I was born in Apple Valley and went to school in Hesperia. Eventually, we settled in Victorville. And then I moved from Victorville to L.A. at 18. So I've been in L.A. kind of ever since. What? Uh, so Victorville doesn't feel like home. L.A. feels like home. But Victorville is
1: where I'm from. Wow, that's crazy. So you moved out at 18 years old? I did, yeah. Wow, like I was still living in my mom's house when I was 18 years old. It's crazy when I hear yeah, people yeah. <laughs> so I know a lot of
0: people did. It was funny. It, like I was so determined. I actually had decided on that when I was 12 years
1: old wow really that. when i
0: was 18 i was going to move to la and become an actress that was in my head since i was 12 and i did it you know I, I think my mom would have let me my mom probably would have let me stay but you know it wasn't like i didn't get kicked out or anything i just left like she probably would have been fine with me staying there for a couple more years
1: no so at that time at 18 you wasn't involved with any boyfriends or no relationships or anything like that
0: i had i had a boyfriend yeah um after I moved to L.A., I had a
1: boyfriend, like, kind of on and off for the next year and a half. Oh, okay. Okay. He so was, uh, He was an art director. Wow. So, yeah. How old was he as an art director?
0: He was, you know, I think he was, like, 26, 27 at the
1: time. Oh, so you was, you were, you was 18 and he was 27? Yeah. Oh, right on. <laughs> <laughs> good, good for him. Yeah, I think he got
0: the better end of the deal in this situation. To tell you the truth.
1: Wow. Well, yeah. Well, it, it depends on the situation, I guess. But I, I, you being I guess that's true. Yeah. You know, you being at eight, eighteen years old, sprung. I, I guess is 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 okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know. I wouldn't recommend it to other eighteen-year-olds.
1: <laughs>
0: now that I'm, you know, thirty years old yeah. and, and a mother myself. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it, it's amazing. Before I get to the whole mother part, so, like, 18, you had a goal, you had a dream you wanted to follow, and then you knew L.A. was the place for you to be?
0: Yeah, I mean, I kind of always knew it was going to be L.A. or New York, and having, you know, being in Southern California, already, L.A. was just much more possible. Yeah. Um, because I had a, you know, a strong background in theater. hmm work was always very appealing but just less feasible
1: yeah what is it what is it about theater that was what did it, what attracted you to theater it was just being in front of a live audience uh... um well no i think the the very first thing
0: was uh music like musical theater so the like the singing the
1: music oh, okay. that okay definitely
0: what was my favorite part about it
1: mm-hmm Oh, uh, and um, you, like, in, in high school, did you do a lot of musical theater?
0: I did a lot of theater just in general, but oh, I did okay. musical theater as well. Yeah, sort of, <laughs> I had a long, a long history of, of theater behind me. Uh-huh. Um, I think I did, I think, like, when I told you when I, when I was 12, I was like, I'm going to be an actor, I'm going to move to LA. I did my first play that year. And then I just, I didn't stop doing theater until, you know, I was probably 19 or 20. And then I kind of moved more into film work.
1: Uh, Okay. So, um, how did you like get your, you know, like how did everything happen for you? So you got to LA, um, then you found a lot of like work out there. Did you like, was it easy to get work out there? (laughs) No, no. Oh my God. You made it sound so simple. Like I wish it were that simple. Like I
0: moved out there and it's
1: like, boom, yeah, big success. Um,
0: not really, because a lot of times, like, I didn't really know what I was doing, I was just kind of going off of, like, the advice of other people in the industry, like, what you're supposed to do, and what, like, the tools you're supposed to have, you know, and everybody's like, get acting classes, get headshots, meet these people, and do this and do that, and it's like, it's very costly to, like, maintain a career as an actor, um, properly, you know, and of course, like, I just moved there, I'm like, I don't have a job, I was super broke it was very hard at first, but, you know, just kind of piece by piece, you start meeting people, you start, like, piling your tools together, Um, I did, like, I did, basically, I just did, like, every little thing that I could, somebody's like, hey, you want to be in the sketch, you want to do this, you want to do this reading, I've got this thing, you know, and I was just like, yeah, like, whatever it was, because at that point, it was like it was literally not about the money or anything. It was just about the performance of it. It was just for the love of acting. So I did whatever anybody asked me to do. Um,
1: and then
0: that was how I built. I built from there.
1: Oh, um, did you do like what, what? What was like the first role? Did you have? Did you have like an extra role or a standby role?
0: Um, oh, I did do a little background work. Yeah, with uh, Central Casting, I think. I think a lot of actors do um I wouldn't count those as roles though because that's just kind of like a way to make money mm-hmm. and get familiar with a set which is nice because you get the experience of being on a film set without there being a lot of expectation on you yeah. so you can like can kind of learn the ins and outs and you hear the terminology and you just get more familiar um I did that for about like I think like probably like the first year or two that I lived in LA yeah. and i was um you know i was like 18 19 i looked very young so i was just constantly i played a high schooler for like two years <laughs> just background actor high schooler you know it's like they kept casting me as a high school student so i was like whatever i'll take it yeah. and actually like a year ago i got cast as a high school student so i was like yeah still got it
1: oh <laughs> well at least you're not like the 90210 people who are in their 30s and playing 18 year olds you were actually 18 playing 18 year old right Well, no, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But like, I have been, I have been 29, also playing an 18 year old. So that's how. Oh wow! But like, I
0: don't look 30. I still look very young, which is, you know, it's it's good and
1: it's bad. Oh, people (laughs) people don't always take you seriously when you look very young. They're just like,
0: oh, that's nice that's very cute. You're like, no, but
1: I've like been working for 12 years. like, please take me seriously. She's like, oh, no, no, you're. So is it, yeah, so you basically, it is hard to get roles because of your appearance as well too, like serious roles because of the way you look? Well, I think, yeah, I mean,
0: I think part of it is, you know, just sort of being, you know, not really well known, but having worked for a while, um, because if you're not, if you're not already super well-known, it's hard to get well-known, which is a very big catch-22. Yeah. And another thing I think is a lot of times people don't really know where to put me. I think partially because I'm mixed, so I don't really look like a person of color, and I don't really look like a white girl. Yeah. So I think, you know, there's very little imagination behind
1: casting. Mm. What's you have to fit into... A box and they check
0: off all the little marks like that you have as a you know that you fit your demographic and I don't really fit demographics a lot of times, so that's been an advantage and a disadvantage. Uh,
1: what's your because
0: eff- I've gotten to do a lot of diverse things, but I also <laughs> like but I don't think that uh, you know it's harder to be mainstream
1: mm-hmm. that way. What's your ethnicity?
0: I'm um, mixed Irish and Palestinian.
1: Irish and Palestinian, also. Oh, so I'm white and Arab. Yeah. Yeah. So you have like that mixture, like oh, she could play a Latino role. She could be, she could, she could be a mixed role, right? So in a way, it's kind of ambiguous. Your like, you know, your nationality. So people see you, right? Like that's, <laughs> I yeah, you know, I get, I get cast as
0: both ethnically ambiguous and as Caucasian. So it's like you think that it actually that it opens up more. More things for you in some ways and in other ways, it, you know, like I said, it, it can be a double-edged sword. That's
1: for sure. Yeah. And also, you do comedy as well, correct? Well, I
0: do. I have been writing comedy for um, about eight or nine years. Wow. Um, I started writing sketches. I performed stand-up for um, five years. And I actually, I, I technically, I retired from performing stand-up comedy this past year, this past June.
1: Oh, wow. Is, is there a particular reason for that?
0: I don't have the passion for stand-up that, uh, I, you know, that other people do. I love comedy and I love writing, but I find that uh, performing it is just not something that I was enjoying anymore. There were times where I enjoyed it, but for about a year, every time I got on stage, it felt miserable. And it felt like I was just kind of going through the motions.
1: Mm-hmm. You
0: know, and I was still getting laughs, but I was getting laughs on the same jokes I'd been telling for five years. And I mm-hmm. wasn't motivated to write new material for myself. Um, and I started, you know, and I was getting more work as an actor. And my mind was kind of there. So it was just, stand-up comedy would never, like the front-runner as a performer for me. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And I just... I thought about it, you know, because I kept thinking, like, it was just a phase, this is going to go away, because I'd gone through times where, you know, stand-up comedy is very difficult. Yeah. And everybody that does it knows just how difficult it is.
1: Yeah, well, you know, with, with the current state of the world, the way it is, do you... Like, at the time when you was doing comedy, did you ever feel that you was holding back on material that you was getting feared that you'd be ridiculed against? Like, did you have, like, good material that you didn't want to say because you were scared? Or, like, what was your material like? Def-
0: oh, that's that's an interesting question. I, uh... I... I definitely don't feel like I held back in my comedy because I talked about a lot of personal history, I talked about a lot of traumatic experiences, a lot of things that I guess could be considered taboo, mm-hmm. you know, and I've definitely gotten in a, in a lot of trouble from Friends and loved ones and family for telling certain stories. Wow, um, and that never feels great, you know. But in a way, it's kind of like as a writer. I mean, you you tell your story the only way you know how, and dealing with some of those things, especially like some of the more like traumatic things, it was like, well, this is how I cope with it. This is how I take control of the situation, and this is me as a writer just kind of doing what I do. I tell the story. And the only stories that I know are things that I've experienced, you know, and sometimes those involve other people. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so that, so like on a personal level, um, sometimes I was afraid to tell certain stories. Um, as far as like opinions, like political opinions, things like that, I didn't feel afraid to tell those jokes. I was just underdeveloped as a comedian, like too underdeveloped to, to get that sort of joke
1: right Mm. so like you know i know talking from a lot of i talked to a lot of other comedians before and um i talked to actors and everything and what i notice about comedians is they have a lot of darkness in their life not to say that you're an alcoholic because i have no idea what you're doing (laughs) your personal life but there's been a lot of comedians who have a lot of trauma that happened to them early in life and the way they express it is they talk about The situations that they've been dealing with that have you been in situations where you had a dark past where it was an outlet for you to talk about it
0: oh yeah absolutely I mean you think about it like in human nature laughter is one of your biggest coping mechanisms and some of the you know some of the best comedians have come out of trauma and tragedy And, and there's that saying you know tragedy plus time equals comedy yeah Um, And I think that is true. I don't want to say like I have a dark past, you know. Like I, I mean, I don't think like me as a person like I, I don't have anything where I'm like, oh my god, I murdered somebody. You know, there's nothing like that.
1: (laughs) No, no, yeah.
0: um, But yeah, I mean, there's dark stuff and there's traumatic stuff. Definitely had you know some bad things happen, but also like that's just I've always seen things and thought you know, okay, where's the joke in here? yeah no matter what it was like that's just how my brain functions and i think when you're a writer plus somebody who has like been through some trauma that's like your brain just begins to formulate like okay where's like where's the funny here you just want to find the funny
1: like like give me an example of your material that it was kind of trauma but you made a joke out of it is there something you could tell me
0: um, yeah, well, I mean, I talk about my ex-husband assaulting me, like, it's one of my, it's one of my most popular jokes, it's, it's a joke that people have quoted back to me, um, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> which is a weird experience, but also very cool, and you're like, oh, like, you're actually like, quoting something, like, I wrote back to me, like, out, like, out of the context of a comedy club, so that's interesting, um, and obviously, you know, it's a true story, and it, and it sucks that it happened, mm-hmm. um, but it, it's, it was one of the first jokes I wrote, I think, when I started performing stand-up. Mm-hmm. And it was just something that kept being so relatable for audiences that I kept telling it. So, you know I mean? That's probably my biggest example.
1: Oh, Could you say the joke? What was the joke? Oh, the joke? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: I sure got to have to think about it for a second. <laughs> mm. um, my ex and I got divorced. Recently, Mm -hmm. we got divorced because we disagreed about fundamental things like domestic violence. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it's pretty dark, and like that's kind of that's kind of my style—dark, personal. Yeah. So, like again, like I said, it's (laughs) like you can get in you can get in trouble for saying something like that. You know, I always just say like you know, I'm never going to name names. I'm never going to like publicly out somebody because I don't think that's fair. But I think that I still have the right to tell a joke about my own experience.
1: Mm-hmm. And then the only person that knows about it is the person that did it to you. So it's not like you're saying a name. But if your family members are at a show and they know your situation, they know who you're talking right. about. Right. Right. Yeah. Wow, that, that's, that's really, really hard, I guess, for, I guess, the people who've been in your situation, well, besides, even hard for you, because you was in the situation, to actually live it and tell it, and, you know, in a way, you know, you're not seeing, uh, like a, like, a counselor and telling them about your problems, but you're, it's almost like an outlet for you to get it out, right?
0: Yeah, it's definitely an outlet, because, in a way, you kind of get to take a situation where you were out of control... And you get to rewrite the narrative where you are in control of it because you're controlling people's reaction to what you're saying about the story, uh, which is, I think, again, why people with with dark pasts or traumatic histories are attracted to comedy because they're sort of regaining control of the narratives of their lives. You know, it's, it's like a second chance to tell this story, but to tell it in a way where you're like, I have the power over the situation.
1: hmm Um, what will you, you know, say? St- I get to make people
0: happy by telling them, "Hey, look at this fucked up thing that happened to me," but like I'm okay, we're okay, and we're laughing in this space together. Like that's one of the coolest things about comedy yeah. is that you get to do that.
1: Um, what will you say is your biggest influence in the comedy world, and why?
0: You mean as far as other comedians? Yes. Or like just in general?
1: Um, no, and um, other comedians. Yeah.
0: Um, well, there's, I mean, there's so many that I respect and love. Um, I think Chris Rock is probably one of my favorite, favorite comedians.
1: Yeah.
0: He's, uh, he's so physical on stage, which I know is kind of a weird thing to, to highlight, but I love the way he kind of walks as he's getting to a punchline. Like, it's just, there's a lot of emphasis on how he tells a story. I love the way people, like, he sets up stories Um, John Mulaney, another one. I love comedians that are great storytellers where it's like, they're just telling you a story, but it's high, it's highlighted with punchlines. John Mullaney is one. Um, Kathy Griffin is another
1: Mm.
0: Chris Rock. Um, I don't know that I sound like anybody or that I have like modeled myself after somebody's voice, but I definitely have watched a lot of comedy. I've studied a lot of comedy and there's many, many, um, that I would say that I have respect for and have probably, you know, taken things from perspectives or styles.
1: Yeah. Um, what would you say is the biggest setback about being a comedian today? Since you're not one right now, since you retired from it, what was the biggest setback?
0: Oh goodness. I don't know. I think what's hard is knowing that you have so much more to say, but but your writing isn't it's either not developed to the point where you can make like the joke that you're trying to say perfect and it's not have not always being able to have the space to create in
1: um what are your thoughts on ghostwriting in the comedy world since you know you said it's hard for you to write anything you would you be opposed to having a ghostwriter and you say material
0: Oh, no, I actually never said it was hard to write anything. I'm, I said I didn't like performing anymore. I, oh. Writing has never been the problem for me. Okay. It's getting, it's getting up and doing it. Like, I don't like the actual aspect of performing the comedy. I would write forever. I'll write for my, you know, I'll write for other people. But, um, but I mean, as far as, like, just in general, I don't, um, I'm not opposed to ghostwriters. Like, that's what people
1: want to do. Oh, really? Okay. Because, you know, we already see that in politics. And music, you know, is also in comedy, too, so...
0: I mean, yeah, that's just sort of... That's just one aspect of of uh, writing, you know? I mean, that's what's always going to be an aspect of it, is that you have ghostwriters, because not everybody is a writer.
1: Yeah, that's, that's, that's very true, that's very true. Um, the thing with stand-up is that not everybody is
0: a writer, and not everybody is a performer. You have to have a good marriage of both of them to be a good stand-up comedian... And it is really rare. And one of the reasons that I quit was because I wanted to, you know, I felt like I was taking up space where, like, those people needed to be. And I didn't feel like it was right. You know, I was like, I'd rather somebody else be on a show that actually has the passion for performing their stand-up. Because I just, you know, I just (laughs) sort of I lost any any, uh, passion for it that I had.
1: Well, you know how they say, if you don't have passion for the thing that you're doing, then you shouldn't be doing it anymore. And so I guess, you yeah, know. you know, and
0: it's, I, I'll never stop writing. I'll never stop being a writer. And that's, you know, that's definitely, and I'll never stop being a performer. But I would just, I think comedy was a very good tool for me um, for those years. Like while I was going through a divorce and while I was not acting as much and not doing yeah. music. And I had kind of taken a break from those those things and that was like comedy kind of filled that void for a little while
1: yeah Um, was it hard going through the divorce while you were still doing with you know your career and comedy like was it really hard yeah
0: (laughs) yeah it definitely was and it's something that people scrutinize Um, and I don't I really don't know why that is but for whatever reason like when you're an artist that's and people want to insult you like that's the first thing that they'll attack like, you never, you never get in an argument with, like, Bob from accounting, and you, like, shame him for being an accountant. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But, like, but, people will shame you for being an artist, because people, certain people don't find it valuable. Don't say that everybody, you know. I think we all know that art is important and valuable. Yeah. But a yeah. lot of people, if, that's, if they want to insult you, that's, like, the first thing. Do you, Like, after I became a mom... Well, it was weird. Like after I got married, you know, people were like, "Wow, that's so cool! You're gonna, you're gonna stay an actress." After I became a mom, "Wow, that's so cool! You're gonna stay an actress." I don't think they realized quite how condescending it sounded. Like I didn't. Like I had spent all all this time before, you know, doing those things, working on my career and trying, you know, and trying. It's a really hard thing to do. Like I don't know why you know, why getting married or having a baby would have changed, like, fundamentally who I am as a person, Mm -hmm. and that's that's being an artist and a performer, so that was always something I found odd, Um, and it was the same thing when I got divorced, you know, it was, um, you know, I was like, wow, I can't believe that you're, like, still doing this, like, through all of this, like, well, what else would I be doing? Like, I didn't, (laughs) like, just suddenly become a bank teller. Yeah. Like I've been doing this for the last ten years. Why would why would everything change just because like one situation in my life changed? You know that kind of never made sense. I think because so many people like spend their youth like pursuing their dreams and they and they settle down and they get married and they move back to their hometowns or they move away and they kind of just stop and they're like, okay, well I'm going to go do something else. I'm going to do my you know my second choice. Yeah. I think part of it it's because of that because so many people do
1: that. Yeah. So
0: they think like automatically that you're gonna do that too, just because like you're not famous.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> like you know they. Like, well, no, it's like this is still what I want to do. Yeah, like they don't say, hey, you know, you're like the Michelle Pfeiffer of the acting world, like you know, like they just think like it's you know almost like it's a hobby for you that oh you're not really making a career out of it. Are you getting uh you know um 401 k? Do you have insurance and this this and that? So you know. People on the outside tend to look at it like, oh, she's just, you know, getting her her wild oats on or just trying to, like, follow her dream, which, you know, nothing's going to happen from that. But you're right. It is condescending because you don't say that to somebody who's a manager at a Starbucks, which is nothing wrong with that. But if that's, you know, their goal and they're comfortable and they're making money for that, you don't say, oh, my God, is Starbucks your end job for you? No. You know, everybody has a different – route on where they're going you know just because Yeah, no, it's, it's
0: so true but it's like about being an artist whether it's like being a comedian or a writer or an actor or singer or um a photographer whatever like we do that to artists so much mm-hmm. um but we, we don't do it to other people it's like okay when are you, when are you gonna
1: give up on this you know yeah. on this dream of being a bookkeeper yeah exactly like you know <laughs> You know, or, or you know, to other people. right. How long are are, are, are how long are you going to retire being a bank teller? Like, you know, there's, it's like, you yeah. know, you know, what, like, what a I, second. like, this is not your business. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the thing is, every job has a purpose because, you know, every, you know, from the person that's you're buying the coffee from, from the persons that your butt cheeks are sitting at the toilet, every person is doing a certain job, you know? hmm. So it's just it, it, you're right. It's kind of condescending when they say something like that, which is not cool.
0: Yeah, and I don't think it's ever like I don't usually think it's intended to be, but it's like, wait a, like when you sort of break it down and dissect it like that, you're like, wait a second, this is there's something that's there's an there's a weird like underlying attitude about it that is condescending, even if that wasn't the intent.
1: Hmm. Yep. And it's just it's it's human nature because they it's not you know not that is not the norm. But it's something they're not exposed to. They're either, like, if you're in a small town or you're in the city, the main jobs are having an office job or doing some kind of clerical work. And, you know, you're making top dollar. You're having good insurance. Or, you know, like, if someone's saying, oh, I'm, I'm you know, because I remember even when I was working at a travel agency, we had guys there who were, like, actors and, you know. And then they was like, "Oh, so you're gonna follow your dream, and that's what you want to do? You want to be an actor?" Is almost like kind of condescending, like, "Oh, you're only here for the little job here, but you know, this is not your end goal." Right. You know, but it th- theres definitely people that want that, like that job that doesn't have fulfill you to be like the end goal.
0: Like, uh, you know, I mean, obviously, even it, it, not most people who are artists aren't gonna aren't lucky enough to just be like that's all they've ever done. Most of us have busted ass at other jobs, you know. Yeah. I mean, I I have done every job in restaurant service that there is to do. Like I've been a dishwasher before. Like I've busted my ass. Yeah. And I've worked really hard and you know, to support myself and it's and to like you know and to support to support your art. Like that's I think a lot of times you actually have to work harder because you're doing two full
1: time jobs mm-hmm. for a very long time yeah and then you know that's that's the hard part just to get over and you know you're, th- you're you know you're 30 years old and you have a child um being a parent in your field and you know you know ha- trying to get a sitter if you're going out or whatever how hard is it you know i don't know if you co-parent or not but how hard is it being a parent a single parent i should say
0: well being, <laughs> i do co-parents but it's also i mean that's it's not exactly the same thing as being a single parent but it is okay. being a single Because when you have a kid, like, it's all you.
1: Like, you have to, you know,
0: you don't have any help. Um, But I am fortunate enough to have an ex who is very involved and, you know, and does some of the parenting as well. So so that's prevented me from having to, you know, scramble for sitters and stuff. And, I mean, it's still very hard. It's still sometimes things come up last minute. Um, For the most part, I have tried vigorously to schedule things around you know, um, the schedule with my son so that, you know, I don't have to miss out on time with him or, you know, or feel like I'm neglecting like that part of my life because obviously it's very important. And, you know, there's, there's basically two important things in my life and one is, is my son and the other is my work. And that's, you know, but obviously if I was going to choose one or the other, it's gotta be my kid that has to be the first priority. So it can be difficult. And people who aren't parents don't understand that. And people who are parents are generally very understanding. So when you find other parents who work in entertainment, they can be very good allies.
1: Yeah. So And after,
0: because I, when I first, you know what, I was, I, I really, I really thought, you know, when I first had my son that it was going to be so hard. To, you know, find anybody who has kids, I just, you kind of think of people in entertainment just always being perpetually single. But after I had my son, I found that that wasn't true. Started to find other parents who worked in entertainment. And I was like, oh, there's, like, a lot more of these people than I thought there were.
1: Yeah. You're like, oh, wow, there's other people that are in the same situation I am or they're Yeah, and they're, like, know? doing the same things.
0: You're like, oh, my gosh, like, it's actually very comforting. Because you're like, that's, you know, there are other people like me because for... For a while, I just kind of convinced myself that there weren't. I was like, oh, this is going to be so hard. Nobody's going to understand my schedule. Nobody's going to, like, you know. But I I don't know. I was very fortunate. I think most people have been very, very cool about it, very gracious. I mean, I remember being it. I was working on um, a web series when my son was. I, he was he had just been born. I think he was only a couple months old and I had to like take a break in between scenes to pump and I just remember like <laughs> nobody making a big deal about it, everybody just being like, Alright, cool, like we're taking ten, like and then that and that was that. I was just like I never felt like guilted or shamed or anything like that.
1: Oh so that was so, so, I mean I guess So you was, I mean either <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was saying. so you was pumping at work and then, like, putting the milk aside, like, you was doing that? You was able yeah, to do that? Yeah, like, I oh. mean, not in, like, front of everybody, but, like, no, I know. Yeah. you know,
0: it's like, if I had to take a break and, like, do something that, like, was for, like, especially in the first couple years, because that's when it's, like, it's really hard. When they're a little bit older, it's a lot easier, you yeah. know? They're, um, but those first couple years, very, very hard to, to really do anything. <laughs> yeah. outside of just stay at home and feed them <laughs> like those yep. first two years that's all you do i know <laughs> you just stay at home and feed them so when you're like trying to work and you know let al- <laughs> when you're trying to work on a film set just let alone work you know and i'm sure many many new mothers can relate to this like as you're returning to a job and you've like been breastfeeding the kid and you have to pump and it's like super frustrating already like it's already very frazzling
1: yeah um, so um
0: you know, it's definitely nice to have a supportive group of people around you. Or just, even if they're not supportive, they just don't say anything.
1: Yeah. <laughs> just,
0: you know what I mean? They just keep their mouth shut, even if they're like, oh, that's
1: gross. I know. And it's even hard, like, you know, to get a sitter because, you know, especially you're working, you need a babysitter. And they're not cheap, depending, on, especially, and I'm sure, in California, they're not cheap at all.
0: Yeah, well, I tend to work out most of my work around... How, like, mine and my ex husband's schedule tends mm-hmm. to go. Yeah. So, like, I just don't, I basically just don't take work um, on the days that I'm scheduled to be with my son. Like, I've, and I've definitely lost out on some things because of it. If it's, if it's ever been a huge opportunity, you're usually, you know, you're usually notified about it in advance and it's enough time to work out something. But, you know, um, it's just like any I mean it's just like any other job. If like you figure it out, you mm-hmm. find a way to make it work. Yeah. Um You know, like I just kind of don't do last minute things. Like the like can't really do last minute things anymore. Like people want me to work on something, they got to say it ahead of time.
1: Yeah. Um what describe a typical day of training for you? Do you have to be in a certain shape? Yeah, um, sorry. no, it's all right. Um, I said, describe a typical day of training for you. Do you have to be in some, like at a different type of shape for your roles?
0: I, I'm sorry, you have to say that again. A typical day of training?
1: Yeah, like it's like, do you have to like, you know, keep your body at a certain level for like certain roles or, um. Oh yeah, definitely.
0: Um, in general, you just have to stay fit because, you know, the camera adds a lot of weight. And the camera can definitely like I've noticed this since I've had a child it can definitely like distribute your weight kind of disproportionately and make you look a little funny so um if you wanna look good on camera you gotta you gotta work um I am on vacation right now, so like i've d do- I've done nothing but like sleep <laughs> and eat, yeah. Which has been fantastic because your whole life is like you got to be on a diet. You have to you have to do so much exercise. It's all about how you look. It's about staying fit. And there's nothing wrong with that. It, you should be healthy just anyway. But there's uh, there's something nice about being able to just like kind of turn that switch off and be like, all right, like for this week, I'm actually not going to think about that because it's a huge part of your life how you look. Um, and I tend to uh, get a lot of physical roles like where I've required to like run or be in a harness and I've done a couple stunt jobs mm-hmm. so you definitely have to be in tip-top shape to do those things you can't be like you can't get winded you know it's like and embarrass yourself in front of like a stunt coordinator you got to be like you've got to be ready yeah. so being in shape is definitely important um, I go to the gym I I got certified in Ashtanga Yoga in 2013 which was a really interesting experience so now I try and do a lot of yoga, uh, definitely keeps, it definitely keeps your muscle very lean mm-hmm. and, uh, doing cardio. I like swimming. I, I hate the treadmill, but I have to do the treadmill because it, and the stairs I hate the stairs too, but those are very good for, you know, shaping up yeah. certain areas and you gotta, you gotta do it. So yeah, I spend, I spend on uh, normal days about two hours in the gym when there's time. Um, mm-hmm. I typically take Saturdays and Sundays off, Mm -hmm. but I, uh, yeah, about five days a week, get up really early, Um, I eat well, I'm a vegetarian, almost vegan, I guess there's still some dairy in my diet, but I've tried to cut most of it out, Mm a lot of produce, a lot of fruits and veggies. Mm -hmm. and a lot of things that taste like grass, which I actually kind of like. So, like, if it tastes (laughs) like the earth, I want to drink it. Like, er herbal tea, wheat, grass shots, I like those things. Um, So, it's probably good that I like healthy food, because I can... Because I kind of have to stay with that.
1: uh, What is is your most troublesome area to lose weight at?
0: Uh, My... Like, my... Like, I don't know how to explain it, because I want to say it's my midsection, but it's not exactly... And this is because I'd always been, I'd always been really thin, never gained any weight. Mm -hmm. And I I could eat like a monster, you know, and then, and then, of course, I had a baby and that completely changed. And again, I'm sure so many women can relate to this, but just basically like the lower half of my stomach, it's the hardest place to target everywhere else. Like my, I lose weight in my legs, I lose weight in my arms, I tone up muscle everywhere. Even like the top half of my stomach, I have abs. But yeah. then, like, the bottom half of my stomach, it's just, like, little, uh, I think people call it mummy tummy. So, yeah. I was like, I have
1: that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mummy tummy. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's been the hardest place to, to
0: get rid of fat. And I was like, do I need liposuction? And I was like, oh, my God, that's ridiculous. Like, you can't get liposuction.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um. You know, you are talking about you done a lot of stunt work, especially on the show Hellivator. Um. You have to, like, maintain a certain level of... You know, like, you know, because you're not... Like, do you consider... Because you're an actor, but are you, like, a stunt actor? Like, is there a difference, or...?
0: Well, there there is a difference, and I'm not a stunt actor by trade, but I've definitely acted in, in things where I've gotten to do stunts. Okay. And because I've always been open to that, it's led to other things where I've gotten to be more physical. Um, because there's there are stunt actors who, like, have their... They're in their own union, like, outside of SAG-AFTRA, yeah. and, they, like, that's what they do. They just straight-up stunt people. Like, they double for people. They drive cars and car chases. They're, like, I mean, they're doing crazy stuff, jumping off buildings. So, like, I've never done anything like that, although, like, I think given the chance, I probably would.
1: <laughs> but I've just happened to get very physical roles. Oh, okay. And how is doing roles like that for the show Elevator?
0: I love it. I actually like one of my favorite, favorite things as a performer, other than, other than singing, like just like running <laughs> around and being a kind of a nut. It's, yeah. it's so much fun. I'm a very physical athletic person. So when I get to do something like that, it definitely is very exciting and it's rare. So like I get really, um, grateful about getting to do something like that. Like, um, I got hired onto elevator and I just had no idea what it was. I was, yeah. um, the first day I showed up, um, we, like, we're sitting around, we're having breakfast, and the director comes out and, and he does his, like, whole, like, sh- safety spiel, and I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> like, what, like, what do I get into? And then the stunt coordinator comes up to me, and she's like, Reagan, she's like, how do you feel about being in a harness and, like, being, like, hooked to the ceiling? And I was like, fuck yeah, let's do
1: this. It's <laughs> just like, yeah, yeah, it's six o'clock in the morning, I'm like, I've always wanted to work on a harness.
0: I'm so excited that you said that like and I was just like all right let's go Mm -hmm. and then so they started like you know testing it out we wrapped the harness on me um I was working with a stunt coordinator to just like kind of like the movement it's it's very restrictive Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you don't think it's gonna be you think well I'm gonna fly and it's gonna be super fun you're like oh wait this is like you're wrapped you're wrapped up so you gotta like got to practice how you move in it um but that was really fun and then saying yes to that like every episode they're just like hey we're gonna throw you in a bathtub with like water and blood and like you're gonna be in a straight shot and just like it was like every episode it was like i like up the ante yeah. on whatever it was that i was gonna do and i just kept saying yes i was like yeah let's do it let's do it yeah. um so, I don't know. It was very fun, though. Um, Especially the first season. I came back for the second season, but the second season, I think, was a lot more tame than the first.
1: Yeah. Like, was it because a lot of people got hurt or something, or got fearful, or...
0: Mm, I, I'm i not sure. I think, I think it was probably a combination of things, and this is just me speculating, mm-hmm. because I actually don't know the answer. Mm-hmm. I think part of it was the network wanted... Um, the show to be a little bit milder for the audience and i think that they and then i think that the crew wanted to be um to lessen liability because people did get hurt in the first season actually like a lot of people got injured wow in the first season um nothing like nothing horrible uh, nothing nothing life-threatening but yeah there were a lot of there were a lot of injuries and i think part of it was because we're working in the dark it's a brand new concept. There's a lot of, um, there were a lot of factors. There were a lot of, like, live insects, and there's, like, fake blood, and it's slippery and dark, and, like, it's, uh, so it was definitely challenging as far, uh, as, far as safety is concerned. So we had a lot of people, you know, like, running into stuff or slipping. A girl, like, uh, had, I think somebody, like, pulled a door down on her head accidentally, it was you know so the first season there was just a lot of there were a lot of kinks to be worked out as far as the safety was concerned
1: oh and also you know you've done movies here and there you know playing the hottie you know and whatnot um (laughs) i do believe
0: that one of my credits on is um hot girl which i was just like okay like i like i
1: (laughs) really (laughs) i I gotta look that up (laughs) yeah i think Go of
0: my IMDb page there's like and it's funny it's just like really I, I was like standing at a bar I don't say anything I had no lines I was like in a, um, a cocktail dress I think or I mean you know we filmed in LA but we were supposed to be at this like nightclub in Vegas you know and I'm wearing like a cocktail dress I'm standing at the bar like minding a conversation with a bartender it's this big party scene so I'm like I get credit as, as hot girl and I'm like you know what I got bullied when I was a little kid like for so long, like just <laughs> all of elementary school, all of middle school, half of high school. So I was like, whatever. Like this, this feels like a win to me.
1: <laughs> really, you got you got you got bullied in high school a lot.
0: I said like half of high school. Uh-huh. It, 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 you know, eventually stopped. I think I think middle school was the worst.
1: Really, there's nobody meaner than than a thirteen year old girl. Oh my god! Well, why did you nobody get in this world. why did you get bullied? Like, was there a particular reason or?
0: Um, I don't know, I was like, I was scrawny and nerdy and quiet and like very much, like I was, I was always into academia, so I was just, (laughs) I don't know, I think I was just like a little nerd and people, and I got bullied, um, and eventually, I I think, I think part of it, why it went on for so long was because I just never stood up for myself, and then I, I grew, I'm like, I'm five foot nine, so like I grew taller, I started, I started doing sports. And I just started taking less shit from people.
1: Wow. That's crazy, you know, because. Just kind of outgrew it, you know? Yeah. That's I wear cr- glasses. I sat in the corner. I read alone, you know? It's just like, I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm still like
0: that. I'm just like, I just don't give a shit if people judge it now. Like when I was a kid, it was like, it was horrible if somebody said something mean to me. But now I'm just like, whatever. Like I'm just living my life. You live yours.
1: Exactly. Um, What's. What's next for the future for Reagan? Well, if only I knew,
0: <laughs> 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 I wish I could just be like, well, you know what? Uh, no, I, I don't have any idea what the future holds. Um, I am currently finishing up a vocal arts degree, mm-hmm. um, which has been very right fun. I'm training classically under a very talented... Vocal coach, so I'm finishing up my degree in music. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've taken off. A lo- I've taken a little bit of time off to to finish that. I'll be finished probably by early next year. Mm-hmm. Um, that's on the personal front. Mm-hmm. And as far as work goes, I am co-writing a screenplay. Hopefully, we're gonna produce it ourselves and put it out there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely something I'd like to make rather than sell. But I am actually. Uh, Part of the reason that I've taken this this trip out um, out of California is to finish writing this thing. Um, It's an action comedy with an all female lead, and that's all I can really tell you about it. But uh, I Mm -hmm. think it's going to be really fun and different than anything that's
1: out there. Is it going to be like a GoFundMe page to raise money for it, or is it something like a Kickstarter? Yeah, like yeah, that's what Uh... I mean. A Kickstarter, yeah. Known uh, or
0: like an Indiegogo? Not at this point. Right now, I am uh, putting the finishing touches on it, and, and I'm working with a co-writer. So once, once he approves, we'll put the script out there, and we'll kind of we'll just sort of start feeling out uh, what the next step is. But no. I definitely would love to produce it. Um, you know, I mean, not, obviously not by myself, but I would love to. I would love to produce this film <laughs> uh, with with it with my own team. Yeah. basically what I'm trying to say. Um, working on some other writings, a few short stories, working on some songs and, um, just auditioning, you know, whatever my, (laughs) um, whatever my agent tells me to do, whenever she tells me I have an audition, I, I just go and, you know, make it happen. Um, see elevator did get canceled so we've got no season three coming out this fall so that was kind of a bummer
1: oh it got canceled oh boy
0: it did yeah the network um they they did not renew it in march which is usually when the fall shows will get renewed yeah. so they said no to renewal yeah um so you have seasons one and two on netflix you can watch me run around and scare people
1: yeah um, um <laughs> how was it like how, how was it like with the soska sisters how were they like to you The Sasquatch Twins—they're great. They're so nice and so gracious, and they're—they're very fun. Like they have that
0: persona of like they're twisted and kind of demented, and the whole like horror thing. But you know, sitting down and having lunch with them, they're just very nice, calm, (laughs) friendly people. (laughs) They're also—they're from Canada, which I think just like everybody I've ever met from Canada, it just has that very like chill thing going for them. So, like, it is funny to see them, like, put on the, the personas yeah. of the, like, you know, they're, like, uh, demented sisters. But mm. then you, like, just see them when they're chilling, you know, yeah. hanging out, like, at the after parties or, like, for lunch or whatever. They're just, they're super cool, yeah. um, super professional, very fun to work with. The whole cast has uh, had always been very fun to work with. And they brought on most of the same actors from season one to season two. So we got to see each other again after, like, a year of not seeing each other. And that was pretty great.
1: Yeah. It's funny. I'm looking at your IMDb right now, and they, oh, have okay. you, they have you as Hot Girl in the movie Mac Daddy's Vegas Adventure. Um, yes, which I
0: have never seen, by the way. Wow. I, don't even,
1: I don't even know that you can get a
0: copy of it.
1: Wow. Oh, my God. And when I got <laughs> cast. I got, you know.
0: And I got paid, so that's what I did. Uh, it was, I'm pretty sure that was the one where it was one day of work, and I was like, I talked to a bartender at a bar. That was, uh-huh. I, I'm pretty sure we were supposed to be in Vegas, yep. if I remember correctly. And like, that was my whole day
1: yeah. of work. Yeah, it's, 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 <laughs> it's so funny. Not meet, it's yeah. not,
0: a, not a meaty acting role at all. You're just sort of there. They're like, we need a girl. Put her in a dress. Here you go. Like, boom.
1: Yeah, it's so funny because you just have a title for different things, and then you only have one name for your short noise, Sandy. You was Sandy for a noise.
0: Yeah, that was. Um, uh, it was a short film. Yeah. I did several years ago. I, I'm, I want to. I want to say. I'm trying to remember the director's name. I feel ter- terrible. I should be more. I probably should be more well-versed in, like, the work that I've done, but it's a lot of times, you know, and and there's a lot of things that aren't listed on IMDB, so I can't remember every single job that I've done for the past
1: It's, uh, it's, uh, Scott Fleischer, right? That's what I just looked up now.
0: Yes, that's,
1: yeah, Scott, yes. Yeah. Oh, it's funny, because then you have, you have tourist, and you have high school kid, and then it's from maid to nurse to bar woman. Ooh, the dreaded bar woman. (laughs) bar
0: woman yeah no, it's, they're all very vague they're, i mean you can clearly like you can see like how like inconsequential my career is by looking at my imdb yeah. because most of my characters they're like they're just a character type they're not yeah. an actual character
1: yeah it's but, like
0: we don't know what to do this for me be a maid i actually i played a maid on a chinese soap opera me and the director named her sam but like they didn't credit they didn't credit her as sam In the, on my IMDb page, they just were, like, we had talked about it. I said, you know what, I think I want to name this character Sam. He's like, okay, we'll name her Sam. And they kept referring to me as Sam for the rest of the day.
1: Which I thought was fun. I'd never worked on anything like that. I was like, Chinese soap opera, okay. I'll do it. Um. <laughs> and then they put me in, like, the very, like, typical, like, it, I felt like I looked like a French maid. Like, yeah. like, you
0: know, like the Halloween costume? Like, that's what I felt like. I felt ridiculous all day. <laughs> and I kept ripping these, like, they p- were putting me in these tie these black uh, call it, pantyhose. Yeah. And um, I couldn't move. Like, I actually had to stand up and stand still because I s- tried to sit twice and the pantyhose ripped both times. Oh, shit. And, I, like, th- by the third time I went back to wardrobe, I was like, you know what? Yeah. I was like, I'm not, I'm not gonna rip the third pair of tights. So, like, I just stood <laughs> in the corner, like waiting, like waiting for somebody to cue me to like go do my scene. Yeah. Um. So, so that was, it was actually a pretty fun day. We we were outside all day at this huge mansion in Encino, like outside by this pool. Um. I also like a lot of times I don't I don't watch my own work. Um. So like I've never seen that episode. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I have seen, I have seen, um, Elevator. Yeah. I saw the first season. I don't think I've watched the second season yet, but I probably will. I know that they're available to view. So, so are you in, we'll watch that at some point.
1: Are you in almost every single episode of Elevator or most of it? I am in every episode of the first season and I am in two of the second season. Are you really noticeable? So like if, um, someone wanted to watch,
0: sometimes I am. I want to say like, I feel like, uh, sometimes i am sometimes i'm not it, there were a couple episodes in the first season that i that i worked on and i felt like i was all over the episode but by the time it got edited into tv like you had no you would have no idea that i worked on it oh, um, okay. i there were a couple though where it's like definitely very noticeable um i think in the second in the second season i am one of the villains okay so it's more it's like more featured i'm like I'm the evil I'm the evil nun character, <laughs> um, which that was fun.
1: Oh. Um, do you Do you remember the title of that episode, or offhand, or no?
0: Oh man, I don't I don't remember, but I do believe it's listed on my on okay
1: my DVD page. Okay, um, I'm gonna give you some fun questions now for you, Reagan. Um, what's your favorite okay. foo- <laughs> What's your favorite food?
0: Potato tacos.
1: Nice. Favorite drink. Hands down uh alcoholic or non-alcoholic um um both
0: okay um non-alcoholic it's ginger beer
1: oh nice i love ginger beer
0: and mm, alcoholic um i actually it's funny because i mentioned ginger beer but this and i don't know what this cocktail is called it's actually something like i made up myself it's got ginger beer simple syrup cucumber vodka and uh, like club soda with lime in it
1: mm, that's a nice mixology up, there
0: over ice it's really good it's um i you know i i bartended for many many years yeah. and like creating my own cocktails became a thing when i like have people over our host or something so like i just i made that <laughs> i was like it's actually it's become one of my favorite drinks to make because it's really it's it's light and it's refreshing and like you don't get like you don't feel too heavy i, I am really sensitive so like if i drink whiskey like i feel terrible the next day like it really feels like I, there's a lot of weight to it
1: yeah <laughs> oh man um
0: i used to but like i got you know i was like i got to a point where i was like i cannot do this anymore
1: too <laughs> <old."> <laughs> um what's the first thing you notice when you're attracted to a guy
0: Oh, um, hmm. <laughs> I don't like really to think about that one. Uh, you know, usually, it's, well, it's, it's just very rare for me to be attracted to somebody. Just in general, like I, you know, um, <laughs> like I just okay. I,
1: don't know. I mean,
0: it's not, like I see, I see guys that are cute or whatever. But for me to be like attracted to them, usually it's something that is probably isn't a physical characteristic. It's usually like something sort of, like, subconsciously, that I'm like, oh, this person is interesting, like, I don't necessarily know why, Mm -hmm. so I don't know if I can quantify that in a physical feature, but, um, as far as, um, trying to, I'm trying to think, you know what, like, I, well, I just find this cute, I don't know if, like, um, because every guy doesn't have this, but
1: what I think is adorable is when a guy smiles and they kind of have the crow's feet,
0: like, around their eyes,
1: like, I think that's, like,
0: really adorable.
1: Yeah women have that kind of. too, yeah, I've noticed that too that's cute yeah, yeah that is cute. I don't know it's just
0: there's something really cute about it like when that i think so I guess a smile like a really nice smile is something that definitely like catches my attention yeah I think you can I think you can kind of see who a person is in their smile
1: oh okay, nice, nice, and uh, my final question for you is what would the Reagan of today tell the Reagan of yesterday? Hmm.
0: Well, I think that she would say to not worry as much about the future or about her career and to not be so afraid of creating things, like to just create without inhibition.
1: Yeah.
0: And To, like, let go of the fear and anxiety that comes with, like, wanting the approval of, like, an outward Mm -hmm. source. You know, just, um, honestly, like, just to stop worrying, relax, and create.
1: Stop worrying, relax, and create. Like that, stop worrying, relax, and create. Yeah, because I think there's definitely been, you know, especially younger
0: Reagan, where I've gotten in my own way many many times and i had to outgrow getting in my own way yeah so i think had i learned that lesson earlier i think i definitely would have like you know who knows maybe there's a story that i would have written but i like i've but it's gone now or something you know just something like that
1: yeah and um so comedy is pretty much over for you right
0: stand up is definitely over for me um, I still get invited to do shows from time to time, and I have to like break it to people. I always feel really guilty because I'm like, oh, like I feel like I'm disappointing people in some way, um, which I'm sure is not true because I don't think anybody really cared that much about me as a stand-up comedian. <laughs> but I still have that like little pang of guilt where I'm like, oh god, I like have to tell this person I can't do their show because I'm I have not done stand-up, you know, in over in over a year. Um, the last time I did stand-up was at the University of Utah in salt lake city last june
1: wow okay And it was
0: fun but it was funny because like even then even though i was still kind of grasping at straws to like you know kind of reignite that like uh oh, that love of comedy that i felt like i had before mm-hmm. even then i was like i kind of knew i was i was done yeah um so like i have to tell people like actually i could quit you know i'm sorry <laughs> like i still write jokes i obviously still post silly shit on social media um, I'll never stop I'll probably never stop writing comedy mm-hmm. I definitely just definitely Will not be performing
1: it anymore mm, Okay um, Reagan promote your social media Plug anything you have Upcoming
0: Yes well you can check out my IMDb page at imdb.com slash all my social media is at ray potato tacos which is r-e-y <laughs> like star wars ray yeah and i talked about potato tacos earlier <laughs> but i don't
1: know it's it's just it's a thing wow um, so it's ray potato tacos that's my instagram and you can see like
0: i i post a lot more of like my hippy dippy stuff on instagram i post like trees and meditation things and animals and like um but i also post like some of my work I post about my son. Um, I think it's the most like, diverse social media page that I have. So mm-hmm. If you want to like, get an idea of like, who I am as a person, my Instagram is a good place to go. Um, if you want to get a good idea of like, my persona as a performer, <laughs> my Facebook is definitely the place to go. Mm-hmm. I definitely like, have more of a persona on Facebook than it, than it is really me. Like, I, I get, I'm, I'm really saucy. You on know. Facebook in a way that I'm not really in real life, oh. um, but it's fun. It's fun to play into that character. Yeah, you know? and I think people are, are people are kind of used
1: to it. You know, you so, can yeah, you can always be a keyboard thug at, on Facebook or any social yeah. media. You well, know? definitely not mean to people. No, like, right. no, I, like I mean, I, like, I hate trolls. That's the worst to me. But like I'm
0: de- I'm saucy and
1: it, it can be fun. Yeah, um, I always try to keep it light hearted though.
0: Like nothing mean, nothing like nothing yeah. crazy, nothing trollish. Yeah. If somebody tries to troll on my page, like they're gone immediately. Like I can't, I can't do it anymore. Yeah. I used to like get in fights with trolls, and then I was just like, I don't want to, I don't want to look back in my life and be like, you know what? I spent three hours one day like going back and forth with a troll on Facebook. Like that is not how
1: I want to spend precious hours yeah. in my day. Do you do you ever have troubles with dudes sending you like dick pics or anything like that, or like weirdos and shit? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Definitely got the oh. dick pics. Oh, <laughs> one guy geez. like.
0: Oh, one guy was like hey you can use this as one of your punch lines and like and sent me a picture of his dick on my fan page and i was like oh like why like
1: i didn't want to see that and it was all
0: hairy and i was just like dude like why would you do this to me like why you know. um so yeah <laughs> i don't know it was like i don't know what they're thinking i i think some some men do it like because they like to shock you like they don't actually think
1: that <laughs> yeah it's not attractive i think
0: that they know that it's not attractive
1: and i yeah. think
0: they know that you're not gonna like see that and yeah. just automatically go like oh wow i want to get with you i think they do it because they like that like um like repulsive reaction like they like yeah. it. it's like a power thing i yeah. think that's like why it's kind of messed up it's like more of a power thing than anything else it's like oh here's my dick like yeah. i know you're gonna feel awful that i sent you this but that's why
1: i'm doing it yeah. so
0: it's like you know yeah unintended it's a total dick move yeah
1: it's just so funny because it's so random because that's something like you know you hear all the time it's always you, random too yeah like you know you never hear of a girl sending a clip pick. it's always a guy sending like a dick pick. you know it's just so random you know right. that's like a man thing to do
0: it is a ama- man, yeah, it, yeah, and I mean, it, like, thankfully most men don't do stuff like that, but, um, yeah, I've received a few dick pickages in my day. Um, <laughs> oh,
1: God. <laughs> then God. The,
0: then, the other one that's, like, that's more rare, like, the one that I find more common is men who, like, try and date me via social media. Oh, boy. Like, where they're,
1: like, in my
0: inbox, and they're, like, trying to... Pick you up? Like, give me the kind of, yeah, kind of trying to pick me up and it's like, you know, like this is
1: not a dating site, yeah. you
0: know, and, they, and then they get hostile with you after you pointed out that like you're not interested in dating and if you were like, you you know, you'd be doing it somewhere else. Like it's Facebook. Yeah. It's a networking site. It's not a dating site and people just really don't seem <laughs> to get that concept and I understand that like you can make connections mm-hmm. and date from there via social media. But like to just like immediately aggressively like inbox a girl. It's like and I know that I'm not the only one you're doing it to. I know that you've sent like ten other messages to like women that I know probably like doing the same thing. Like it's weird. They're like casting a net. <laughs> it's like seeing who bites, but then they get mad when you're like, No thanks.
1: Oh my god. So that's
0: weird. Like the, the aggression of or like when you don't when you want somebody to be respectful of how they get aggressive, like that's that's, like, the more common one that I get.
1: Yeah, they get really aggressive?
0: <laughs> mm, some of them do. Some of them don't. Like, I, like a lot of times, what I'll do now, instead of just um, ignoring them, I'll just say, hey, like, can you... Well, like, well, before they had the block messages feature on Facebook, which, like, thank you, Facebook, the block messages feature is the most amazing thing in the world, because now you can block somebody from inboxing you without unfriending them on Facebook.
1: Yeah.
0: And I love it because I like having, I like having all the friends on there and I have a very like diverse friends list. And, um, I like people being able to see, you know, my work and my jokes and all of that. But it's nice to like be able to kind of control the aspect or like the, like the aspect to like t- to which people pass, like the capacity to which people pester you like to be able to have a little bit more control over it is it's nice
1: yeah
0: and the, that block messages thing has definitely changed that but before that happened i would just be like hey you know what like i'm not i'm not here to date you know just here to promote my work and yeah. post about my life and like um a lot of times they'll be like oh okay like sorry you know yeah, and then other times they're really they're really rude about it. So I don't know. It's just kind of you don't know which one you're gonna get.
1: Yeah, it's like a catch like, twenty two. You bitch, and you're yeah. like, oh my
0: god, like I didn't, like I, yeah, it could be, it could go either way. <laughs> Sometimes they're like, oh yeah, sorry, man, LinkedIn, I mean to yeah. offend you, or whatever. I'm like, look, I'm not offended. I just want you to stop that. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, I forgot to ask you, um, before, like, for a role for a movie, would you do any raunchy roles, or you have your limits of certain roles that you would do? Um,
0: well, I guess you'd have to define raunchy.
1: Oh, uh, would you do nudity on film, or? Would I get
0: naked, is yeah. that what you're asking? Or yes.
1: Because I think,
0: I mean, there's raunchy, and then there's just, like, flat-out nudity. Um,
1: well... No, I don't think
0: I'd get naked on film, uh, just because, like, I... Like, honestly, I don't, I mean, I don't really care, but I, I think my mom would care. And, like, I just don't think I could do that to
1: my mom. <laughs> yeah. She wouldn't approve. Um,
0: no, she definitely wouldn't approve. And she's, and she's very supportive. So, like, I should, you know, it's like, you gotta, so uh, I would probably, I'd probably say no. I don't think, I don't think I would. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's, and it's actually, like, never come up. Oh, wait, no, no that. Actually, it has once. It was in oh. it was in a script for for like the character to be naked in the scene, mm-hmm. and I got cast, and I was just like, "Look, I, I mean," and I said up front, like even before I went into the audition, I was just like, "Hey, I don't do nudity. Do you want me to still come into the audition?" And they were like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. you, know, you can come in." Um, and then they end up casting me, and I was just like, "Okay," and I was and I was very young at the time, so I was like super adamant. Now I'd just be like, "Well, you know." Like how much are you paying me? <laughs> are you paying me a million
1: dollars because like I've got a kid to raise. Yeah. So maybe I don't know um, if the money's right. <laughs> right. Exactly. No. I mean, I don't know. I really don't know. I don't like. I think that in, in America we're like very. We have a very prudish mentality about yeah, nudity in
0: film and sex on like film and stuff. I, and I think that uh, in other places, so like I've grown up with that. So like I still have some of those reservations myself. Yeah. But I think if like maybe had I been like born somewhere else where it's like not really like you know very European mentality. Yeah. Like, who like it's just very like body positive. It's not a big deal to like see a naked body um but yeah like i just told i was like i was i was very adamant like i hey, i'm not getting naked for this film and it was like in the script the way it was written it was just totally pointless like there was no point for this girl to be naked <laughs> in the scene like she could have been fully i was just like hey i was like if you're casting me i was like i already said that i didn't want i wasn't gonna be naked for oh, yeah. the scene and they're just like yeah okay you can just be in a t-shirt i was like okay <laughs> cool like they didn't They were just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, we don't need you to be naked. And I was like, okay, cool. (laughs) And I'm glad, like, I stood up for myself because it ended up being, like, one of the worst things I ever worked on. (laughs) So, like, I mean, if I were ever going to be nude for anything, like, let's hope that I got paid very, very well for it. Mm -hmm. And that it was very well done. Yeah. And something I could look back and be like, wow, that's artistic. And I'm proud of it. Not like, wow, that was, like, terrible. I barely got paid and I just made a bad choice in my early career.
1: Yeah. No, but I... <laughs> Thank
0: God I wore that stupid t-shirt.
1: No. <laughs> you're so awesome, Reagan. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks, you, Ephraim. I hope everybody... Yeah, i <laughs> was fun. I know, and I hope everybody out there was intellectually stimulated by way of mobile devices. Have a good one, folks.